I'm Lex, she's Jen, and we are the Blatchlorettes. In today's episode, we're going to recap Bridgerton Season 1, Episodes 5 and 6, and then we'll dive into some Bachelor Nation drama and our thoughts. So stick around for that till the end of the episode. But for now, Bridgerton. We get to the contentious Episodes 5 and Episode six. We won't spoil it, but we will definitely um, be talking about it. <laughs> I mean, is are we like not spoiling it? I mean, I'm like, not spoiling it right at this second. Building the suspense. Listen okay. if you want to hear what I will not be spoiling <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. So we remember in episode four, Anthony decides that he's gonna bash Simon's face in for defiling his sister. Mm-hmm. Daphne gets out there. She's like, do not kill the man because I will be ruined. You have to marry me. And he's like, okay, but I can never give you a baby. She's like, ah, fine. I guess just don't ruin my reputation. And he was like, bet. Okay, we'll get married. (laughs) So that happens. And then she has to race home from this secret, illicit, illegal duel to then hop into bed and pretend like she was there sleeping the entire night before the maids wake up. (laughs) <laughs> and she like hops into bed right in time before yeah. the maid comes to wake her up and she has to act like oh my gosh it's morning already <laughs> i've been sleeping the whole night away my bed unruffled and I look fresh but i've been sleeping i promise <laughs> the whole time the so whole time. she's like you know what i'm awake now let me go talk to my mom and see tell her about my engagement so she's yep i'm engaged violet's like great you're gonna be a princess and she's like um actually not to the prince. We um, have to talk about like how enthusi- how unenthusiastic her mom was. Because <laughs> her mom was like, oh. Well, okay, but if you, hear, if you hear, you know your daughter's being courted by a prince and she chooses a duke. Like if it's about a title situation, I too would be unenthusiastic. It's like, you turned out being a princess? No, she was unenthusiastic about her being a princess. Because remember, her she was like, "I'm engaged." And her mom's like, "Oh, I, I guess you're gonna be a princess." And no, she's but like, no, rem- to the duke. No, and her mom was like, "Oh, yeah." But remember, she her mom is also hungover. So that's true. Her mom is hungover. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, like I said, I would be a little bit. I'm, then to be fair, she thought that she and Simon had a romance going on. So. I would understand why she would want her daughter to be happy and in love. But yeah. I, I didn't think that she was more enthusiastic about the Duke than she was about the Prince. It was more of just like an, oh, this is surprising. This is not where I thought this was going to go. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. true. It was a surprise. And she was hung over as shit. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just not feeling well. It's not that I drank too much. <laughs> yeah, I just, I had a thing. The same thing Daphne had last night. I had that. I was like, you yes. almost had some dick. Violet. Violet. Okay, so Daphne's giving her mom the brief. Yeah, I'm getting engaged to the Duke. And they're like, all right, like, we can't wait. Like, we're just so in love. Knowing full well, like, she needs to get married quickly to avoid being ruined. So my mom's like, okay, we're going to have a wedding in three days. And I was like, what? Is that how things happen? Yes. Yes. So how it works is that because how Daphne first, she's like, oh, we're just we can't wait till the end of the season. Why can't we get married by special license? Now, everyone knows you only get a special license because you done goofed, kid. Either someone (laughs) caught you fucking or you're Mm -hmm. fucking and you're pregnant. So Mm -hmm. that is why Daphne's mother is like, all right. And how these special lessons are granted is by donating hefty amounts of money to the Catholic Church and to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, <laughs> that's that how the, that's done. Yep, I that's how that's that. done. Wow. So that means that 
Violet now has to talk to Anthony and be like, so I'm guessing you knew about the shit with your sister. I'm going to need you to take care of it so she can get married in three days. So Anthony's probably already working on this because he just almost killed his best friend. That's fine. Yep. Totally normal. At the same time, the queen is planning this amazing wedding for Daphne and the prince. Because remember, Daphne is a diamond of the first water. And the prince is her favorite nephew. So she's like, yes, mm -hmm. let's bring these people together. I'm going to be the talk of all monarchy all over the world. And then Lady Whistledown's paper drops and she realizes the fuck you mean that they're not getting married to each other she was pissed she was like oh yes i'm gonna plan this wedding for my nephew it's gonna be amazing and then she saw it she was like hold up what <laughs> oh the poor prince and he the prince was kind of just like all right well, i guess fair game and the queen yeah. was like no <laughs> she's like no i'm not gonna stand for this but thank you for your opinion <laughs> so we'll get to that later so of course now everyone knows Daphne and Simon are engaged and that means that they have to make public appearances so Lady Danbury Mrs. Bridgerton and Daphne are waiting in the park to meet Simon who shows up looking like he rolled out of a bar because <laughs> that's exactly what you do when you've just been made the happiest man in the world <laughs> You just, you just look rough as shit. Just rough. Just, no Zero effort whatsoever. Like, <laughs> it's zero. presentation. It was horrible. And so she's like, okay, let's make this work. He's a bit drunk still. He's a bit melancholy. But the most embarrassing moment is when people are like, oh, congrats on your engagement. We're so happy for you. Daphne's like, yeah. And she tries to hold his hand and he snatches his hand away. Snatched that away. It was so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed for her. Because they just looked at I'm like, okay. <laughs> and like walked off. <laughs> yeah, it looks like she tracked him at that point. It looks like she just like put her JJ on his face and got caught mm -hmm. on purpose to trap mm -hmm. him into marriage. He was not happy. He was clearly like not happy. And I'm like, dude, like the least you could do is act a little bit. Damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess not. He also was hung over this morning after. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we'll give him that. We'll give him a little bit of, you know, it's fine. So that's going on. At the same time, there's a minor throwaway scene that happens with Anthony. Because remember, last episode, before this whole duel thing, Anthony went to his mistress and was like, we will have to probably run away together. Get your shit together, yeah. like, just mm -hmm. in case I have to flee, right? And mm -hmm. obviously, he never shows up back at her house. So... <laughs> It's like it's so wild to me. Like, <laughs> you know, so he is now remembering, fuck, I forgot about my mistress. I have to <sighs> smooth that over. So he goes over there and our favorite seamstress, Madame Delacroix, opens the door and she's like, listen, my nigga, she don't want nothing to do with you. Fuck off. And he's like, no, yep. but I just want to take care of her. And she's like, no, fuck off. She don't want you. She's Bye. like... She was like, she's not here. She don't need your money. You can leave. <laughs> yeah, like, bye-bye. Like, she doesn't need my money? <laughs> he was so confused. <laughs> Anthony is so useless in this first book. I keep forgetting about it. I like the show portrays some of that stuff pretty well. Just how ridiculous he is. I he like is. that. He's done absolutely nothing except try to duel the dude. Pretty much. <laughs> Daphne's done everything. So And her mom. <laughs> 
Great job, Anthony. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, great job, Viscount. You're holding the family together. Cheers to holding you. Holding it down. Fumbling it along the way. <laughs> so Sienna's out of the picture for now. And then we get back to the Bridgerton household, right? Where like wedding preparations are in full swing. Oh, wait. Before that, that we get to the Featherington household first. Right. Because that's when Colin goes to see Marino. This is also when we discover how bad the money troubles are because the modiste is no longer giving them dresses. So Mrs. Pay their bills. They haven't paid the bills. And he had this little breakdown a couple episodes ago, like, hey, we ain't got no money, bitch. I don't know what you want me to do. And she's like, I need you to suck it up and be a man. And he is not sucking it up and being a man. So then Colin comes over to see Marina because he's bedazzled by his ebony goddess. Goddess. Oh my gosh. Let's be be honest though. Like, let's be serious about this. Like, do you think he would have cared as much about Marina? Okay. In the book, everybody's white. So I just admit she's just like a plain farm girl in the book anyway. But it's like in the show, he's even more fascinated by her because she's their cousin. She's not white. Yeah. I do feel like it's that like, oh, this is some someone new to me and sounds like an experience I've never had before. Like, I'm down. <laughs> That's the impression I got from him at least. Yeah. I mean, he's also like a child. So when you think about it, Daphne is younger than Colin. But so that means that she's like 17, 18. He seems younger, like mentally. Well, you he's know? A, remember, boys didn't have to do anything. In these romance novels in olden times, That's boys true. had to do nothing until they were. And he's also a third son. Not a second son, but a third son. There's literally zero expectations That's for true. his life. Zero responsibility. <laughs> like, the only person who might need to maybe make something of themselves by accident is Benedict, because in case Anthony dies, everything passes on to him. Yeah. <laughs> second son okay. issues. But Colin literally, and now no, I think about it, yeah, he literally had like zero responsibilities. And so he was going to travel the world. And Penelope kept bringing that up, like, hey, Colin, ain't you going to travel? Like, now is the perfect time. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to stay. <laughs> I got he's some like, things. I'm sprung, plays in the background. Trust me, guys, don't look this up. It's true. <laughs> yes, it's on true. the strings. I'm sprung <laughs> on the strings. Starts off. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. But he's on Sprung on Marina. Penelope's trying to break it up because, as we all know, Penelope's in love with our little Colin, and Colin does not think about anyone but himself. So, nope. there's that. He's just thinking with his dick at this mm. point. <laughs> so, let's see. So, yeah, his preparations for the wedding is next. Yes, we're preparing for the wedding. And then. There's a lot going on. Oh, and then the prince comes. Is that yes. when the prince comes? To, to, so, to like just to talk to Daphne. Yeah. So the preparation for the weddings is happening. Then they go to the modiste to get like her trousseau. And then Cressida is there. Oh, yes. Right. Because Cressida had observed Daphne and the Duke in the gardens or something. And she's like promising to tell everyone that Daphne trapped the Duke into this marriage. And of course you don't want to do that because that's desperation on the woman's part. Men are never blamed for doing this shit. It's always the woman. So there's that. There's yep, pretty much. It's always the woman's fault. Never them. The men are just sowing their wild oats as Anthony says. Exactly. And it's just so funny to me because like the men are like, yeah, so are wild oats. And I'm like, okay, but with who? 
Because you got to sew them with women. <laughs> if you're heterosexual, you're sewing your oats with women if you identify as a cis exactly. man. So, so women at? Why are you going to look down on them? <laughs> so stupid. It is. It's so stupid. So, they, so yeah. So, that's the Madis. And Daphne basically threatens Cressida. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm. you say a word. She's like, I'm about to be a duchess, bitch. Do you want me to be your friend or not? <laughs> and then Cressida was like, I guess we're going to wait and find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you make it down the aisle, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, which I don't follow her for saying. Yeah, but it's still. just like. I mean, I agree. I mean, someone tried to threaten me like that. I'd be like, girl, you tried it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> until you, until you are down the aisle, you ain't got shit on me. But thank you. Right. But I got everything on you. So what's up? <laughs> so what's good? Exactly. <laughs> Not that part was so funny. And then what happens? Was it then the, she talks to the prince? Yeah. I think the she prince says, comes over then. And yeah. there's like, a I'm whole sorry, thing. Whatever. And he was really nice and whatever. I mean, we can gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, he was very romantic. The best part was when the prince was like, listen, I'm not going to fight for some woman who doesn't want me. And the queen is like, you may be above that petty shit, but not me. What happens is the archbishop denies their request to get married soon. So they have to go talk to the queen and appeal to the queen to be like, hey, like we're really in love. This is not a slight against you and your nephew. Like we're actually in love. But the problem is neither of them are actually admitting to each other that they're in love in their head. It's still a ruse and it's just Mm -hmm. they're stitched together shotgun wedding to cover up the fact that they were went from zero to fingering <laughs> yeah like because let's be he was definitely fingering the fuck out of her under the dress that's all i'm gonna say so yes, this is happening right so this is happening at the same time and then there's also like a little bit before that you see like some more backstory with the queen where you know the servant dude he keeps coming in to say talk about the king so throughout the series you'll notice that and so in this part He's like, the queen, so the king, sorry. And then she's like, dead? And he's like, no, lucid. So she goes to have dinner with her little hubby. And I guess they were very much in love or something, but he has like some kind of Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever now. Dementia or something, yeah. He asks for one of his children, I guess, who is dead. And then he blames her for killing that child. Awkward as fuck. Yes, and and calls her just, a bitch. He's like, get that bitch. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. a lot of that. Don't sound great. <laughs> and at the same time that this is happening, well, not the exact same time, but at the same time that this is happening, there is also another thing happening with Benedict. His book is coming up and he wants to be a painter. He's connected with the painter man. He goes to the painter man's house. He discovers the painter man later. What do they call it? In flagrante? Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. I think I believe you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You believe me. I'm trying to be spicy. He discovers the painter man all over his boyfriend, knowing that painter man has a wife. He also discovers our Madame Delacroix Delacroix. and has a threesome with her and an unnamed woman who we later Mm -hmm. find out is our painter's wife. Mm -hmm. Very awkward. (laughs) Super funny after when we find that out. Yeah. Simon has to give his speech to the queen about why they should marry 
And special shout out to Simon's hot French boxer friend that shows up for brief periods mm-hmm. of time in this episode. Just shout mm-hmm. out to his fine ass. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like never enough for us to like talk about it, but yeah. he's fine. Anytime Simon gains a moment of clarity, it's probably because he talked to his hot boxer friend. Yeah, so, pretty much that. <laughs> That's exactly it. Love to see it. So shout out to that guy. And then, uh, yeah, Simon gives a very impassioned romantic plea to the queen. Like, I love Daphne so much. Please let us get married because I can't bear to live without her. What accent is that? I don't know. I don't know. I just, the words are coming out of my mouth however they come out, okay? He says, so So he says that he wasn't in love with Daphne at first. And, and Daphne's like, hello, what? And there he kind of builds a story about how he tells her the truth as far as like they had this ruse and they're going to pretend to be together and then they built a friendship and then they fell in love and blah, 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 blah. Basically told her the truth, but he's not happy about it. (laughs) Like at all. (laughs) So the queen's like, all right, all right, you convinced me. I guess you can get married or whatever. So they go and get married or whatever. What go happens ahead, go ahead. after? What happens <laughs> at the wedding? Oh, right. That's when. So remember, Penelope and Eloise had a huge fight also. <laughs> like a lot of episodes before that. So they're still not talking. So that's happening. And Eloise is interrogating Lady Danbury to find out if she is Lady Whistledown. And the queen overhears and is like, you girl. I need you to do the thing. I need you to investigate who Lady Whistledown is for me also. Tell me all of your findings. I want to know everything. And while this is happening, Daphne has not been alone with Simon since T-Finger fucked her in the maze. So now it's their (laughs) wedding day and she still hasn't been alone with the man. She's a bit overwhelmed a bit distressed she yes. runs off and he wouldn't even look at her basically I'm, exactly i mean i wouldn't also if i felt like i was trapped in a marriage even though i said all those beautiful things to royalty obviously it was a lie <laughs> so she runs away to her room and her mom walks in and then gives her the most awkward sex talk that was not even a sex talk so ever. It, it really wasn't it was so awkward. She was just like, yeah, I remember like you said you and Simon did something. It's just like a continuation of that. And you make children. And she was like, what? Okay. <laughs> Daphne's like, mom, we didn't do anything. And she was like, yeah, you know, see what Hotingo is like. Like, <laughs> like the baby just pops up. Like when you, I don't have a husband. <laughs> And you guys, you make babies in this way. That's what <laughs> you do this thing. <laughs> and then you like, you get a baby from it. Yeah. And But it's and natural. Like, Don't worry. It. It's cool. It's cool. But it's as, yes, it's as natural as the earth. But like, I'm not going to talk about it whatsoever. <laughs> and then luckily, Valet gets saved by the bell because the maid comes in and is like, oh, the carriages are here. Let's go. <laughs> let's yeah, go so Daphne is so fucking nervous zero clue what the fuck she's about to get into she all she knows is that she's with this guy who won't look at her she they're supposed to do this thing she has zero clue about and then you get babies but he doesn't want a baby so I un, I feel for her because she's just mm-hmm. so fucking confused and stressed out yeah no because he told her he can't have children remember he yes. can't give her children so as far as she's children. concerned he's got some crazy blow to his dick or something as a child and just is incapable of making babies right yeah like, that's her impression right now <laughs> But yeah, she's hella perplexed. That means shit. I was hella perplexed too based on that talk. And I've definitely had sex. I was like, 
wait, what now? Like, we're doing what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that was the most confusing sex talk. And I was like, thank God for my mom who gave me, gave me the whole rundown when I was like seven. Thanks, mom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Love Caribbean, you. Caribbean mothers be telling you the thing. They're like, listen, men will say and do anything to get into your panties. And you're like, okay, like, do they want to wear them? Or like, no, <laughs> they want to touch your private parts. Don't let any right. touch, don't let anyone touch your private parts. Okay. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> and she was like, it, it might feel good, but this is what sex is. And this is what happens. And just so you have every idea. And so I was like, all right, that gotcha, mom. <laughs> Noted. We'll never do. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to be pregnant. Got you. But in this case, Daphne does want to be pregnant. Has yet to figure out how that happens. Yeah. She just so... doesn't think she can get pregnant. Because remember, Simon can't give her children. And right. so this entire couple of episodes, she's confronted with that fact. So in episodes five and six, there's just kids everywhere or talking about kids everywhere. And so she is carrying this like silent secret weight on her, knowing that she can never have children with her husband because he told right. her he can't. And she can't. And she like isn't really telling much people either she's just yeah because that would be embarrassing to him she can't tell anyone right exactly and of course back then everybody's expecting children so they're putting it on her like oh my gosh your baby will have soon and she's like (laughs) you know like the "Uh uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh yes of course Uh babies (laughs) love it (laughs) yes babies of course So they get to, so they're going to Simon's family house or the Bassett estate. Yes, his duchy. Hastings estate. Yes. Yes. Yes, He was Bassett before. He's his duchy, you mean? Because he's a duke. Yes. Yes. So they're they're making their way to his estate and they stop at like inn along the way. And so they're in separate rooms and Daphne's kind of conflicted because she's like, he's not talking to me. Like we're sleeping away from each other. Is this how, what married life is like? And so Simon comes together for dinner and they have this very impassioned conversation about being with each other. And he's like, I burn for you. <laughs> Listen, when I saw that, I was like, you know what, Reggae Jean Page, I burn for you too. We, I would like to burn, even though I think you're gay, I too burn for you, like in I, real life. I as well. Add me to the list of burning <laughs> for you. I would like to give you the heat betwixt my thighs. Thank you. <laughs> I got this. Not betwixt. <laughs> Listen, we got to keep it time, time period cohesive. Yes, I love it. I love it. So they have this impassioned conversation and he's, they, they come to the understanding. He's just like, look, you don't understand. Like, I really love you. And she's like, wait, you understand. Like, I love you too. And so they both realize like, oh shit, they're actually like in love with each other and married to each other. Like, this is great, right? <laughs> this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Like, what What are the chances you married somebody you loved? So then they proceed to do the deed. <laughs> yeah. Know? First of all, there's a lot of passionate kissing. With Great for them. Love to see it. And then he gets her naked in the bed. He's still wearing his pants. And then he's like, oh, like, did you touch yourself like I told you to? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, cool. Do it for me now. And she's like, what? I, I thought that was so hot though. Like, I mean, I would listen, love for a man to tell me, I, I, I was sweating between my legs. Okay, <laughs> and she's just looking at him like, "What?" And I was like, "Girl, put your touch yourself, exactly. What is wrong with you? Your daddy's telling you what to do. Shit, 
do what daddy says damn do what daddy says okay he says to touch yourself that means you touch your fucking self okay girl so and she's like no i can't so he takes her hand and he does the thing and then she's like oh okay i need you closer this is a bit too hot and heavy for me without you being whatever so he takes his pants off and she's like (gasps) audible gasp but silently because it's a tv show Pretty pretty sure she had never seen a dick before in her life. Nope, never seen a dick. And so she's surprised at the dick. Pleasantly surprised based on her expression. Shout out to the Duke, right? Cheers to you, Dukey. You got something a little, a little swang there. No, no, you're a little you're you're a little packing, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then he fucks her, but then he pulls out and comes like to the side. And I was like, remember, I've already read the books, so I'm aware of how this story goes but i like how they portrayed it on screen and that's how we end episode five where he pulls out comes in the sheets and And daphne's very confused she's just like oh okay (laughs) and then she's like how are you and he's like i'm great how are you she's like i'm great this is awesome like (laughs) this is fantastic yeah yeah and so i want to shout out the bridgerton musical right now by barlow and bear very special. They have an album, I think, up on their website. It's BarlowandBear.com. There's an album? It's oh like a concept gosh. album. It's like a demo thing they mm-hmm. did. So it's up on their website. And if you guys do not follow Abigail Barlow on TikTok for the Bridgerton musical, then you absolutely should. She started posting these videos in January of this year. Love to see it. There are some great stitches and duets that have been done with it yes. i love it i'm happy about I, it jen just introduced me and i was went through this whole rabbit hole of watching all these bridgerton based songs so good so good not yes. gonna lie it's really the song good. for this moment is burn for you and i was like yes i too burn yes burn. <laughs> burn. Burn. For <laughs> burn for you <laughs> It would only make sense if you see the video, guys. That yes. we, we will link it in the show notes so you can see what we're talking about. So that recaps episode five. And then we get into episode six. Any overall thoughts in episode five before we get into episode six? Simon and his impassioned romantic pleas were doing it for me in this episode. Episodes five and six, like I said, are my favorite episodes of this entire series, despite the problems we're about to encounter in episode six. I love it. I love it. I, I love that he was like confessing his love. Like, to the queen about Daphne, even though he didn't say it to her. I was like, you dumb bitch. Yep. And then, like, when he said it to her and she, he was like, listen, I feel guilty. I trapped you. And she's like, no, my nigga, I trapped you. He's like, no, <laughs> I trapped you. <laughs> because I'm in love with you. I don't feel trapped. And she's like, shit, why didn't you say that? I'm in love with you. I don't feel trapped. <laughs> Yeah, so they both. I would have to say this episode was one of my favorites because it's when they both realize that they re- they're lo- they love each other and they really want to be together. But you get to this, and then you realize there's what eight episodes in the season. Yep. So, so there's you more get shit to coming. This, you get to episode five, and you're like, hold up, something's gonna happen. <laughs> so yep. this is not how. 
the story ends. Like there's it never still more. Is. It never is how it ends. So episode five is where I was intrigued. I was happy, but I was intrigued. I was like, wait, what? But what else is going to happen though? Like, this is what we wanted. <laughs> yes, this is what we wanted. But we left so many loose ends. Colin and Marina are courting. Eloise is trying to figure out who Lady Whistledown is. The queen is okay now. She's all right with this. She's inveigled Eloise so that she can take her mind off her real problems. But the prince is also gone. So we have lost some major conflict points. But mm-hmm. also there's still more simmering in the subplot. There's still, yep, there's still more, which we will get to right now. Don't got to wait for another podcast. We're getting to it right now. <laughs> You're like, we're going to get to it now. And I was like, oh, look at you, announcer voice. I try. I try. So then we... Open up episode six. Do you remember how episode six opens up? They're like, oh. it's like yeah, Daphne they're... and Simon are going to the estate, right? Yeah, yeah. they get to the mm-hmm. estate, they get introduced, and then they pretty much spend a bunch of time banging. Yes. <laughs> so basically, Simon and Daphne just fuck all over. <laughs> like They're like, oh shit, this is amazing. Let's do it everywhere and so they do it they legit do it everywhere (laughs) yep like there's that super cut moment of where is it i think it's there's a joke about this where there's something like oh shonda is like oh can we have sex scenes in this thing and they're like like yeah she's like cool i want to use them all in like a seven minute super cut (laughs) (laughs) and they're like wait i don't think so she's like no but that's what i'm gonna do cheers it's like a it's a twitter joke if i can find the link to it i'll post the tweet as well but yes, I, it's just so that. relevant. Because remember, they get to the estate, they meet the housekeeper. That tension with that will come up later. Mm-hmm. They meet the housekeeper. And the next day, they go off and do things. He's being dookie. She's doing a tour of the house. Again, also confronted with baby things because there's a nursery yeah. in this house, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the housekeeper just goes, oh, the former duchess was a proper duchess. And she kind of just gives Daphne the side eye, like, mm-hmm. like, girl, you don't belong here, but I guess you will do since you married to my Simon, I guess. But... Like, I guess you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But actually, before we get to like the real detour of that, there's the whole Colin. Oh, right. We forgot to say this. So Colin proposed to Marina last episode. Oh, shit. That, that happened last episode. <laughs> oh, right? yes. At the wedding. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. So to right. dip into last episode a little bit, Marina's whole plan was to trap Colin, right? And she gave she gave Lady Featherington the rundown of this whole plan. Lady Featherington was like, he's not going to marry you, girl. Like, at least not till the end of the season. And then you'll be hella surprised when the baby pops up. And Marina's like, no. Not if he does something improper with me. And Lady Thetherton was like, oh, you're going to trap him. Okay, So Marina's whole plan was to get Colin to do something indecent with her because Colin's a decent person and he would marry her immediately after. And the Bridgerton's got money so they can afford to pay the archbishop again. Whatever. Pretty much. So he proposes to her. And so at a kind of like garden party thing, Colin is like, BT dubs, Marina and I are engaged. And he didn't tell anyone in his family first. And I was like, you dumb ass. He's so dumb, Colin. Why would you do that? First of all, Marina didn't even successfully trap him. She just like brought him into a room by where they were alone. And she tried to. And he was like, yeah, no. And then he was like, what if we get married instead? And she was like, perfect. (laughs) He was like, I respect you too much as a person to defile you. And she was in her head. She was like, fuck. I mean, 
yeah, no, I totally understand that. I, I just want to be close person. to you. And he's like, bitch, why did you say that? Let's just get married. You can be as close to me as you want after that. And she was yeah, like, yeah, she's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that matter is settled. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Colin announces to his whole family that he's getting married to Marina Thompson, and it looks like the trap has been successfully laid. <laughs> yeah, she's winning, but Anthony had no idea. He looked pissed. Benedict is just chilling, like, yeah cheers bro and so anthony goes to violet like mom we also forgot to say sorry what we forget we forgot to say that benedict's what benedict saw at the wedding he saw hit the painter's wife well no we said that remember we said it came out at the wedding that he fucked the painter's wife i don't think we i don't think we said it for sure we said a surprising thing happened at the wedding but basically it was like the painter's wife was the other person in his threesome with Madame Delacroix, which I thought was hilarious. And so he, I think the painter went up to him and he was like, about last night. And Benedict was like, what happened last night? I don't know. <laughs> Anything happened last night? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. How he found out was pretty funny. Cause I mean, he definitely like stuck his dick in her and everything. And then found out afterwards, like surprise, you are my gay painter friend's wife. I think after that he was like, you know what? I'm kind of done with that slut life. <laughs> This is too risky. <laughs> He's just chilling at this point. But yeah, so Anthony's upset. He goes to his mom like, mom, did you fucking know about this? And mom is like, darling, we're in public. Put on your du- put on your Viscount face. It's Viscount, but put on your Viscount face. <laughs> and um, do the thing. Like, shut. People are watching. They expect us to have already known. So don't embarrass me. I pretend like you don't. Okay. Right. Once again, the Viscountess has to tell the Viscount how to act. <laughs> Just I mean, she's still his mother, so I guess that's still her yes. role. But damn, he's so stupid. He should be he thinking is. about appearances, and he isn't. He's useless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we're back to Daphne and Simon. It's dinner. There's like a formal table, which means that Daphne's on one end and Simon's on the other. And he's like, you're so far away. I just want to be close to you. And she's like, ain't but a word, man. She just moves her cup and her plate over there. He pulls out a whole chair for her, holding her hand, being all giggly and romantic and shit. It's very attractive. I like it. Right. The staff is very offended. They're not used to this. <laughs> They're not used to affection. <laughs> yeah, because as we've learned, Simon's father was a cruel, cold ass bitch. Like, yeah, he was horrible. Basically, basically, only cared about his getting an heir or whatever so he didn't have time for love and affection apparently <laughs> listen i just thought of something right now like when you said love and affection i just imagine that pressure song let me give you, give you some love and affection. <laughs> this is a very caribbean thing probably you might not know this but you know what i'll make sure alex puts the link to that song yes. in the show notes as well <laughs> I will put a link to that song. If you don't know it, you need to know it. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But yes, that happens. And then he's flirting with Daphne and she's like, listen, I'm ready to fuck. Like, can we go to the bedroom? And he's like, bedroom. And he takes her outside into the yard, into the grass, like frolicking Mm -hmm. and thing. Like there's not staff like every, literally everywhere. In the rain. (laughs) It starts to rain. rain. But we get our first shot of Reggae Jean Page's backside in this montage of sex that comes from this encounter. There's yes. that. Oh, and also it was really funny, like, as, like, after, he's, he, his whole plan to not have kids is to pull out, right? Which is hilarious to me because that's how so many kids come about. But his whole plan is to just pull out. And so he pulls out and she looks over and she's like, does that hurt? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it, he sounds like he's in pain. But the other thing not. is that, like, is he a one minute man? Because literally, the second he breathes on her Girl. vagina, he orgasms. Five, five minutes tops. Like, five minutes not even. <laughs> five minutes is a lot. Like, one minute, they're just going, and he's like, oh, I'm like, shit, man. She can't even, like, <laughs> Well, she she pretends to come every time, so cheers. Yeah. To her. But I, I'm like, does she even know? <laughs> nah, she doesn't know at all. It's it's or... very it's very interesting to me, but like, because it's like, I literally have that as a note when I watch a show the first time. I was like, but the Duke is also a minute because in two seconds, the man always. I never thought about that until he told me. I was just like, oh yeah, this looks hot. They're doing it all over, but it never occurred to me that he never lasted that long. <laughs> I mean, I assumed it was just for cinematic purposes, so it doesn't yes. look like porn. But uh, also, yes. like, if I you so as well. you also <laughs> see the intimacy coaching of it, like he's obviously not having sex with her based on how his body is undulating, right? So, like, when you look at the sex scenes like really closely, like when he's on top of her, he's obviously not fucking her. Because of how, like, his body is, like, rolling in this wave. Like, because that's not how missionary works. Yes, I spent no. a lot of time studying this. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there to everyone. Apparently. <laughs> but, so that's one thing I'm always interested in, right? Like, when they have these intimacy coaches on set for people that have to do, like, sex scenes and stuff like that. If they're not actually having sex, like, how real does the sex look? And the realest that the sex looked is when, like, it was obvious that he was hiking her legs up. But, like, if he was just on top of her, it just didn't even look that real. It just looked like he was, like, giving a little body roll, a little body yeah, wave. like, over her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, there is that. But, yeah, like I said, shout out to Reggae Jean Page's ass making an appearance multiple times in this set. Shout out to the Cunnilingus on the library stairs. Yes. That was amazing. Ladder thing. <laughs> shout out to that. Shout uh, out to the staff listening in. Because <laughs> right? I, I would definitely be doing that. <laughs> Shout out to all of those. That that super cut of sex scenes, amazing, amazing. Thank you, Shonda, for putting that in there. It was funny because, like, watching this, everybody's very hushed about sex. Even if there's like a couple of sex scenes with like Anthony and I don't know whoever else, but it's never like like Mm -hmm. that. So I was like, yeah, I can totally watch this around my mom. Like, I can watch this around my family. It's a family show. (laughs) And then I got to the super cut of sex Mm -hmm. scenes. I was like, oh. Maybe I need to change this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is not what I thought. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, how but, long is this going to go on? To be for? fair, <laughs> I watched Queer as Folk and the L Word with my mom. Way more, like, aggressive sex scenes. Especially in Queer as Folk between Brian and Justin. Damn. I, 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 I looking back on this now and I was like, that's why you felt so uncomfortable. It wasn't because you knew you were queer. It was because your mom was also watching the same show as you. <laughs> Right there, right next to you? Yeah. We would watch oh it together. Oh my gosh. Mm-mm. Yeah. And like, I learned my lesson one time. I watched Good Luck Chuck with my dad and there was so much sex. Like, if, you, if y'all if you haven't watched that movie, there's so much sex, especially in the beginning of that movie. And my, me and my dad were just sitting there. I was like, my dad's like, should we, should we change the channel? I was like, I'm sure it'll be over soon. And it was not. It was not. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> but I don't think I ever watched a sex scene with my dad. Just like... Okay, so when I was younger, remember when Save the Last Dance came out? Yes. Okay, so that was, movie was... was the early 2000s? Yeah, that movie was A16, mm-hmm. right? But I think we were... You would have been, I think, 12 when it came out, so I was 13. 
Right. Yes. So that was like 2002, 2003. So my mom wanted to see it and she knew I loved dancing. So she took me to see it and they were like, she can't watch this movie. She's 13 years old. My mother is like, I am her mother. I get to decide what she can and cannot watch movie theater company. So (laughs) run me the ticket for my child. (laughs) Because I mean, (laughs) so that's how I watched the last dance in theaters with my mother. And that was the first like sexy scene I ever did with her, like ever watched with her. And it was very awkward. I was like, this is weird. This is weird. This is weird. (laughs) I'm sure I would have not. That reminds me of when my mom gave me a Terry. Is it Terry McMillan? Yeah, she gave me a Terry McMillan book to read. How Stella got her groove back. I was like 13, and my mom's like, mm, maybe you can read it. And I was like, I definitely should not be reading this. Oh yeah, my mom was a huge romance novel reader, so there were romance novels in my house my entire life. I've been reading these things since I was very small. But you know me what? Too. Which is how I fell in love with romance novels in general. This is how I got to Bridgerton. But back yes. to the Bridgerton, back right? Back to Bridgerton <laughs> after that little tangent. <laughs> so, back to why you're here. <laughs> they had the super cut of sex scenes and now we're back in London. Where Colin is trying to navigate this awkwardness with his family since he didn't fucking notify them that he got engaged before he announced it to everyone. So that's happening there. Eloise is trying to... Eloise is... Violet is trying to. She's Eloising. <laughs> yeah, she, Eloise is Eloising. Violet's trying to prepare yeah. Eloise to come out next season. Marina blackmails Madame Delacroix because Madame Delacroix, surprise, is not really French. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. So not a French accent, Marina. Right. So Marina reads her. <laughs> yeah, Marina blackmails her to get her to give her trousseau ready for the the wedding thing. I guess a wedding trousseau is like you know, your wedding dress and like underwear and yeah, like clothes. Dress, whatever new married dresses, yeah. You have and yeah, stuff like gowns. that. Yeah. So Madame Delacroix is now working on her thing. And Daphne is also fucking up as a duchess back in the countryside, but doesn't know that she's fucking up as a duchess. No. Simon is just sprung on <laughs> pussy. He's not even paying attention to that shit. No. <laughs> like not. He's like either on her or trying to fix the books because the, the estate is in disarray. So Daphne's like, all right, mm-hmm. I guess I'll try. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't blame her because I guess in some books, like in some historical romance, like from this time period, you would sit down with the housekeeper and try to have this conversation. But it's obvious the housekeeper is not fond of her and Daphne's not an idiot. So she's just kind of trying to figure it out on her own. But Daphne's also a child. So yep. she probably really should have leaned on her elders in the first place. Just saying, yep. if she had done that, this would never have happened. But yep. sure, entitlement <laughs> I think the, of a young white woman. I do think the housekeeper was a bit like annoyed because she definitely had that intention of like, okay, let's meet, let's go over this, let's go over this. And Simon and Daphne were like, we're just going to fuck. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you later. <laughs> so yep. I think she was a little bit annoyed from mm-hmm. then. It was like, whatever, like, I don't care about these people. Yeah, pretty much. And I I accept that. So there's like a whole thing with Daphne that's happening there, her having a hard time settling in this duchess. She eventually figures out what the problem was with the help of someone else and goes to fix it. But before we get there, let's just do a little pop over to London, where we see Penelope has finally grown herself a backbone. She's going to tell Colin that Marina is lying to him. And Colin, in typical man fashion, does not believe he's being tricked because he's a fucking idiot. He's an idiot. He's naive. And he believes the best in Marina. And I just, I don't know. I just find this all sad. I just find this yeah. part of Marina's storyline just like, 
so sad. And Penelope even goes mm-hmm. to the lengths of finding Sir George's last letter, realizing it was forged, and telling her. And Marina's kind of like, whatever, bitch. Like, I'm about to be a Bridgerton. It don't matter anyway. Exactly. And then Marina, like, crushes Penelope. Like, listen, girl, mm-hmm. like, I know you like your love with Colin or whatever, but he's never going to see you as anything other than his yes. baby sister. So get over yourself. I'm about to be his wife. Right. He will never see you that way. And I was like, oh, bitch, I would have fought you. Right, like, Pen- Penelope is so sweet. Penelope is so sweet. If I was her friend, I would have killed Marina. So if she, had, <laughs> if she had told Eloise that, Eloise would have said, "Hold on, one second. Yes, Hold me earrings. Hold me earrings. <laughs> give me two minutes. Let me raise up that hemia." <laughs> Eloise did not give. Eloise would not have given two fucks. She would have gotten Marina straight out of there, right? But mm-hmm. Penelope is so nice. And the thing is, I just found this so cruel because Penelope was the only person who was nice to Marina when she first came. The only person. And yep. now Marina's just turned and was like so mean to her. It was like, ugh, I hate seeing it. And she black. I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it. Yep. Marina's went from okay to a villain real quick in the last couple of episodes. 0.2 seconds, <laughs> basically. And I mean, she's a person in circumstances in a world that's not ideal, but it was just like... Ugh. It's a way to go about things. And she I don't I do not like the way she went about stuff. Agreed. Agreed. So now we get to the more contentious part of this episode, right? So let's just pop over to say Penelope tries to tell Colin that Marina's lying to him. He does not believe her. And also then Marina convinces Colin that they need to elope. So they decide to run away yep. to Gretna Green. Mm-hmm. And because Marina is still trying to pawn off her baby as Colin's baby. And this is the fastest right. way to do that. Get them married like tomorrow and we'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. So can you explain Gretna Green for oh, the yes. historical romance readers? Oh, yeah. So it's that place. It's a place in Scotland. So it's pretty much like just over the border, more or less, where you can elope and you can actually get married without any interference from the Church of England. Because remember, England is Anglican. And they have their Protestant things and Scotland doesn't have those same rules. So (laughs) you would uh, run across over the border to Scotland. You just have someone marry you and then you would come back married. Right. Yeah. So in Scotland at this time period, like all marriages had to be approved, which is why usually it would Mm -hmm. take a month or you, you know, bribe the archbishop. (laughs) Yeah. But Scotland, pretty much like anybody can get married. So Scotland is the Vegas of historical romance novels. Like Gretna Mm -hmm. Green is the Vegas of historical romance novels. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, basically. And so like in all of these historical romance novels, people are always either joking around or serious, like, oh, I should just take you to Gretna Green or, oh, let's go to Gretna Green. And that's code for let's get married. Fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah. And it usually it happens like if it's the an unapproved match. So yes. someone of Colin's station, he could technically marry down, but it would still be very difficult in society for his wife moving forward if he decided to be an affluent member. And considering the Bridgertons are a very well-respected family, it would just not turn out in his favor, his wife's favor at any rate. Yeah, He'll be fine. fine. His wife is the one who'll be shunned forever. Yeah, so, basically, because women always pay in this one. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so. um, Marina is not thinking about any of those things. So usually it's just like nefarious means or like desperately in love or like an un- unsanctioned match. The, the usual stuff. So Vegas, literally. It's like Vegas. <laughs> yep. And so Marina basically convinces Colin that 
his family doesn't like her and they need to go get married ASAP so that they have no choice but to accept her. <laughs> and I was like, girl, you like you, you legit just got engaged and nobody told his family, like, of course, they're not going to like you right now. But obviously she has mm-hmm. ulterior motives too. She's trying to pin a baby on that man. <laughs> Correct. She doesn't give two shits if his family really likes her or not, but she knows right. that he cares. And that is what right. she is using to get herself positioned as his wife, the love of his life, yada. I, again, Marine, it's very upsetting to me that most of the villains in this series are black people. Yes, mm. it is. <laughs> it's like, y'all couldn't choose nobody else, Jam. Like, so annoying. Anyway, so they make this plan to ride off to Gretna Green, and the next day, Lady Whistledown comes out, and it's like, huh, what does Lady Whistledown have to say? Lady Whistledown. <laughs> Well, is no. reporting mm-hmm. oh do we not do we not want to get there yeah but i want to say something first mm-hmm. so be when this happens marina breaks penelope's heart penelope runs over to the bridgerton place so this is how she and eloise men bridges so penelope literally sees eloise and just bursts into fucking tears yeah <laughs> like yeah so that's the part i want to mention first before we get to the lady whistle down part yes so penelope bursts into tears and then literally the next day, we see Lady Whistledown comes out and she's reporting that Marina Thompson's been pregnant, is pregnant, has been pregnant since she got to town. How does she know all this information? We don't know yet, but yeah. it's just like, what the fuck? So, yeah. so everybody's, what the fuck? Pretty much, and, what the fuck is happening there? And back in the countryside, this is the worst part of the show for me. In in the book, I would preface mm-hmm. by saying it is much worse. Trigger warning for sexual assault, because that's pretty much what happens here. Yeah. So Daphne is trying to figure out why she is not succeeding as a duchess, decides to talk to the housekeeper and be like, I know I'm fucking up. Please help me vibes. And the housekeeper talks to her about how difficult it was for simon's mother to get pregnant and her fertility issues trigger warning for that as well by the way and how that all played out and she told simon's mother that you need strong healthy seed to be able to make babies and simon's mother died in childbirth if you remember that from earlier episodes so that's a thing that's happened right so this is now ruminating in daphne's mind then daphne's getting pieces of the puzzle and she's Mm -hmm. Slowly putting them together. (laughs) Yep. Daphne and Simon then fuck on Simon's desk after he's been ignoring her being dukely. And he pulls out and comes in a napkin. And so Daphne's connecting these dots in her mind. Yeah. So she goes to her maid and she's like, talk to me like I'm stupid and tell me how to make babies. And her maid's like, didn't your mother? And she's like, no, I don't know shit. (laughs) So, and the maid explains to her carefully how these babies are made. And it pretty much confirms the little seeds of ruminating Daphne's mind. Simon can have children. He is just not trying to get her pregnant. And so this is a betrayal for her, right? Because she's married this man with this kind of, pity in mind where it's like he told her he cannot have children so she took that to mean he was physically incapable of it 
and she resigned herself to being the cool aunt or whatever it is she was going mm-hmm. to be the with cool, her life. traveling rich auntie. That's what she was going to be. Right. Uh, which is not a bad thing to be. But, but that's she not, wa- she, yeah, that's not she what she wanted. wanted mm-hmm. Yeah, she always wanted children. So her being with Simon was kind of like a thing. And they had mentioned something earlier on in the episode where she told him that it must be painful for him to see her with children. And he was like, no, I was worried about you. And this is this thing. So this is all coming into her mind now that Simon is definitely lying to her about being unable to have children. So how does she solve this problem? Simon's like, let's go to bed. She's like, yeah. And so he's doing it missionary with her as he usually does. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm going to flip the script tonight. I'm going to get on top. So she gets on top. By the way, the pasties they use for her boobs are great. You don't see a hint of nipple or areola in this entire scene. You, oh my gosh. I'm just realizing you didn't. But you, you usually see her nipples. I wonder why they decided to do pasties. No, you don't really see her nipples, really. Like, you see her hair, like the sheet. But no, her I, actual... I definitely saw some nipple. <laughs> You're like, listen, maybe I didn't cover it correctly, but I saw that nipple. <laughs> I saw some nipple. Like, when they were a couple of places. When, that whole montage of fucking, I saw some nipple oh yeah she's so she gets on top and she rides him and he's about well, to come. my impression was he when he was on top he was about to come and so he came was like flipped over and then she just went with him and was like no nope, not no, today she, she flipped him over oh she did yeah she I flipped him over so he wasn't about to come yet but he was close so that's why when she got on top he kind of laid back like oh okay this is nice like you never done this shit before this is new (laughs) so she flipped him over quote unquote he had to cooperate but got on top and rode him and he was like this is exciting i'm loving the shit out of this and then he's like shit i'm about to come so he's like daphne like he's trying to like push her off to like yeah to come like he usually Mm -hmm. does and she just kind of stays on top of him and you know how men are like sorry you know how penis owners are like when you just stay on top of it like they will come in you like that's yeah it is yeah so that's what she does and she has this determined look on her face and so the second that she's done doing that he is like sated and terrified looks up at her face realize she has this determined face and he's like daphne like think of it like caesar like it too brute right she's like what the fuck did you just do (laughs) yeah and she's then the argument starts she's like i thought i hope this was not true you're lying to me and he's like what i thought that you knew and this is where it's a shitty situation right he obviously knew she didn't know like after a certain point in the beginning like maybe he thought she knew but the more you fuck her you more you're like she doesn't know shit my guy right exactly and it but it was also like how did you expect her to know if you didn't like explain to her explicitly like how was she supposed to know so you had to tell her you had to tell her how to touch herself like dude <laughs> how was she supposed to know anything so it was it was mm-hmm. really fucked up yeah so like i understand her feelings about being upset i understand how she would feel betrayed but you don't rape your husband no, yeah, it was still right. It was still not cool. That's not, that was not the sex he signed up to have as he had clearly shown her throughout their entire fucking spree. If it was something she wanted to talk to do, she definitely should have talked to him about that. 
but she definitely just had sex with him without in a way that was without his consent and it wasn't cool like at yeah. all this actually makes me like when i read this in the book it was way worse so in the book he gets rip roaring drunk and then she takes advantage of him so she literally date rapes her own husband in the book so it's it's way worse and so them i feel like this plot point was just not necessary there was no need for her to assault him to get this done i feel like they had the opportunity in the show to change how they approach the situation and they dumbed it down so it's more dubious to people who don't understand what informed consent means Right. But for people who are aware of this, it is very frustrating that yeah. they did this. And there's a lot of talk about it on Twitter, like when the show was coming out, being filmed and all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Because ideally at this point, she knew enough, right? She knew she had seen him literally pull out of her <laughs> to come. And she had gotten the explanation of how babies happen. So at this point, like that should have been enough for her to be like, hey, so babies happen this way and I saw you do this. What's up? But she was like, no, I'm going to see for myself. <laughs> and proceeded to rape that man. It's like, what, girl? What? Yeah. So I, this is, as much as I love episodes five and six for their general relationship development and like growth and stuff, this ruins the entire thing for me. It always has. And it ruined Daphne for me. I never liked Daphne again in any of the books. Sorry, not yeah. sorry. I don't give a shit about yeah. that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. If it definitely you. soured her against, like, soured her for me too. Cause yeah. I was like, ooh, what? Like, I had wished that I ended at episode five at that point. Cause episode five, I was like, oh my gosh, everything's great. And then episode six, I'm like, hey, everything's mm-hmm. not so great. And then the worst part is this happens, right? And <laughs> Simon is played by a black man, and Daphne's played by a white woman. So the optics of this overall yes. is just... It's not okay. <sighs> yes, the gravity of that is like overwhelming a little bit. When you think of, when you think about the fact that this white woman raped a black man on TV, it's like, what are y'all trying to tell us here? Like what? And then it's framed to look like she's the victim. Yep, Exactly. That makes it so much worse to me. So much worse. Like, why is she the victim? Why are we making this white woman a victim? That was just, ugh. Yeah, so the end of that episode doesn't really... Between this, because like at the end of the episode, this is happening and the Marina Thompson thing is happening. So the Black people are down bad <laughs> by the end yeah. of the episode. We're not, we're not doing great. We're not, we're doing, not great. doing great at all. Like... The queen gets called a bitch in episode five. Like we are not, we are not there. We're not there right now. (sighs) Okay. So that's pretty much how episode six ends. Obviously we've run an entire hour just talking about Bridgerton and our side conversations. So let's, let's do the beasting and the The diamond and the beasting. There we go. See, I remembered one of them. I'm smart today. Remembered one. Maybe next episode you'll remember both. <laughs> Just don't don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> so it's episode five and six. Jen, what is your should we start with diamond or should we start with beasting? Let's start with I, diamond. Yeah. Because I think it's obvious what my beasting is, but my diamond is yeah. that supercut of sex and the kind of <laughs> 
it was pretty great, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I was like, whew, I'm a little hot. Also, would love an estate to do that. And don't give a care. Just saying. <laughs> One day. My diamond would have to be their first night together when he was like, I burn for you. I was like, oh, they're finally getting together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So that was fun. So what is your beasting? Yeah, we know. Yes, we know. actually. Yes, that is the end. The entire end of episode six is the is a whole it's a whole beasting. Just the from Marina to Marina like being mean to Penelope, trapping Colin, getting outed to Simon being raped in his bed. That was a lot. So mm-hmm. beastings for everybody. Yep. Just, just- beasting. Fire upon all of them. <laughs> so that's our wrap of Bridgerton episodes five and six. Any overall thoughts before we move on to Bachelor Nation? I think that you guys should hear about the Bridgerton Research Project. You know what? I'm just gonna put the ad in right now. I'm gonna put it in right here. You're gonna you're, you're gonna learn more about it right now. Did you know that 82 million households tuned into at least one episode of Bridgerton on Netflix the first month it was available? And did you know that Bridgerton is based on a romance novel series by Julia Quinn? Lots of people who have never picked up a romance novel before are dipping in as a result of the Netflix adaptation. If you are one of those people who don't identify as a romance reader, but decided to read one or more of the Bridgerton novels as a result of watching the show, I am asking for your help. That's right, you. My name is Andrea Martucci, and I'm currently working on a research project to discover how Bridgerton fans are engaging with romance novels and how they perceive the romance fiction genre. I am the host of a podcast devoted to unpacking romance novels called Shelf Love Podcast. What I want to understand is how people get into romance or don't and how new readers perceive genre conventions. So here's how you can take part in this research project. I have a survey that probably just takes about five minutes to fill out. You can find the survey and learn more about the research project by going to bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. That's bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. You can also find more information on my website, shelflovepodcast.com. Thank you so much for helping with this project. I really appreciate you. That link one more time is bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. But yeah, that's it. That's all I had to say. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jen. And yeah, I think I'll save some more thoughts for next episode where we'll recap seven and eight. So we'll finally be finishing the Bridgerton universe for now. But Bridgerton has been renewed for seasons two as well as three and four. So mm-hmm. we got a lot ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot ahead of us. Uh, if you guys have not read the Bridgerton series, I think that now would be a good time to do. So season one is based on the book, The Duke and I, also the title of episode five. And uh, season two is going to be based on The Viscount Who Loved Me, I think is what it's called. I can't remember anything anymore. Ooh. Yeah, so that's Anthony's story, season three and four. So those two books are... Benedict's story and Colin's story respectively but it will be interesting to actually see how they play it out because 
while books three and four are happening, Eloise's love story is kind of taking place across a similar time space. Oh, really? Yeah. So Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth are the younger of the siblings. So their romances kind of happen after everyone else has already found their love in the first five siblings. So it's interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to see if they're going to merge Eloise's story into season four and just kind of like it's possible. Yeah, like they kind of did with Anthony a little bit, showing his story ish with Sienna a little bit. Yeah, but that really was in book one. No. I don't know. I kind of see how they played out, but there's that's something to look forward to. Yeah. I feel like Bridgerton should just be like our off season bachelor thing. Like, are we, aside from like dating around. Yes. I guess, and aside from reality TV, I can I do see us continuing to cover this as like our scripted focus, scripted dating, because mm-hmm. usually we're just we're, we're worth the trash. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about trash all the time, so you know, whenever y'all are ready. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But it will be interesting to see seasons two, three, and four revolve around a man when season one was revolving around a woman. So, will it appeal to the same audience? I don't know. I'm interested to see how those stories oh, go. But it can't because Reggae Jean Page isn't in them. <laughs> no, I mean, like, season one was focused on Daphne's love story. And so it was focused on her mm-hmm. finding love. And then three, two, three, and four will be around the men finding love. So that's what I mean. Like, it'll be interesting to see things from their perspective and like what's happening in their family and stuff so yeah that'll be interesting to watch i'm excited we've got three more seasons of bridgerton already approved so i guess it was a huge success (laughs) yeah but see that's the thing like reggae jean page is not gonna be in it so i don't know how i don't know how they're pre-approving two other seasons when I'm not even I'm not even gonna go there. It's fine. Yes, it's fine. Let's do Bachelor Nation news. <laughs> let's just go into Bachelor Nation news because I could do this all day. That's true. That's true. And if you really can do this all day and you want us to do this all day, let us know. Maybe we'll go live. So Bachelor Nation news. We got a packed agenda to talk about today. Oh gosh, it's gonna be a long ass <laughs> episode. <laughs> yes. First, I'm hoping that we can finish like in another 20 minutes. What do you think, guys? Let's. let's... <laughs> I don't know. This first one is a doozy, okay? The first one, as some of you may have heard, Matt and Rachel were actually still together. I'm still a little confused about how the story goes, but according to Reality Steve, Matt was still talking to Rachel and telling her he loved her and that he wanted to be with her even after the final rose. And so they were spotted in New York together and they were trying to work things out or whatever. And that's Rachel as in like, uh, racist Rachel <laughs> from last season. But then apparently this other girl came out and said Matt's been talking to her too. And I don't know about you, Jen. I found this hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> hilarious. Other people are like, oh my gosh, like how could Matt do that? And I was just cackling like, you wanted a black man? This is the risk. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we can say that because we are ourselves. You guys cannot say yes. that. Um, no, you can't say that. We can say that. <laughs> let's 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 clarify the the situation, right? So, Matt and Rachel broke up around Valentine's Day because that's when the bulk of the news came out about her racist past. Fine, even though somebody's was out before. Matt, it was all way before, but I think Valentine's Day was like when he was like, all right, I can't ignore this anymore. Yeah. When he claimed that he was taking it seriously, he can't ignore it anymore. So they broke up on that time. 
So then after the final rose was filmed in March, I believe the beginning of March uh, or like the end of February, sometime like that. And then so apparently since after the final rose, because he didn't talk to her between when he broke up with her and after the final rose. But after seeing her at after the final rose, he started FaceTiming her again, texting her every day, the usual love bombing shit that guys do. Yeah. And was like, hey, I, I want to see you like come to New York and be with me. Let's figure out our relationship. I still love you. I still want to be with you. I want us to be together. Fine, fine, fine. Oh, yeah. So, telling her everything she wanted to hear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he pays for her plane ticket for her to come to New York to spend time with him. And while she's there, they are caught by fan fanarazzi. That's what I'm calling fan paparazzi now. Fanarazzi. <laughs> Yo, uh, they catch everybody. Listen. Like. It's wild to me. <laughs> not by the Fanarazzi. Fine. Later on, someone reaches out to Reality Steve, who is a creep. We, whatever. <laughs> and says, sometimes. you should look into this girl named Grace. I'm like, who the fuck is Grace? I had never even heard of this bitch before. Right? So, apparently, while Matt was quarantining with Tyler at the beginning of the panoramic, he met this girl named Grace and they had a casual, intimate friendship, if you wink, wink. And yes. he was just in Miami. The So this happened, this whole story came out last Friday. So I'm going to pull you up on a date right now. This story pretty much came out on the 9th of April. So Matt was in Miami up until... Maybe I think the 4th or the 5th of April. And so the 4th, he messaged Grace like, hey, come on down to Miami. Stay with me. Let's kick it. Let's do stuff. Let's go to the clubs. And Grace is like, no, nah, my guy, I'm tired. And Matt's like, no, 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 no. You should just come. We can just chill. We don't got to do nothing too extra. She decides not to go to see him. Fine. Matt goes back to New York. Rachel arrives in New York that Tuesday the 6th of April. It's still happening really fast. So right after these rumors come out about Rachel and Matt working on their relationship, all of a sudden in the tabloids, there's stories about Matt just trying to be friends with Rachel. There's no romance. There's no nothing like that. They're just trying to be friends. And Rachel misunderstood him hanging out with her in New York. (laughs) Trying to make it seem like she went there on her own and... Begged to see him. Oh and, my God. You know, whatever. So this is the stories that were coming out. And then when this Grace storyline popped up, it was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. Matt is not moved on per se, but he's just not dating Rachel. And that's what the issue is. And then all these stories about Rachel crying at dinner with her best friend. And then if you follow Racist Rachel or even any of the other girls who live in New York from that season, you saw that Rachel was with Kit, Chelsea, Piper, and Abigail, I believe was the other girl who was there, out for brunch or something, some hangout on a rooftop Thursday night. Because apparently what happened is Rachel's team, like her friends, cousins, whatever, reached out to her like, Matt is texting with this bitch named Grace. Because apparently the day that they got photographed, Matt called Grace on FaceTime like, no, I don't have yep. a girlfriend. Rachel and I are not together. We're not doing this thing. Like Grace confronted him. She's like, are you with Rachel right now? And he was like, yeah. no. She's, she's not, not here. With me right this second in this hallway. <laughs> like, 
she's not physically right next to me. What? Why would you think that? Right? Because I mean, it's it's so fucking wild. So Rachel now gets this news that there is a woman named Grace that she needs to ask about. She asks Matt. Matt says, what you think? And she's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. She packs her shit. She leaves and she goes to stay with her best friend who also lives in New York. And so that's how she ended up with the other girls. Whatever. So, so this is story, man. <laughs> this story. First of all, the whole thing I get from this story is that absolutely zero people in this story are concerned about COVID. Like, first of all, Matt's flying to Florida and he's flying to New York and then Rachel's flying to New York and then she's seeing all these people. I'm like, okay, but we're in a pandemic, guys. <laughs> like, panorama does not exist. Thank you. <laughs> Not in Florida, apparently, <laughs> and not in New York. So that's, first of all, there's that. And then second of all, Grace actually said that Matt asked her to come on the show. Like, and she did try to get on the show. Like she, Grace went on live with Reality Steve and she explained her side of the story and everything. And she said when she met Matt, Matt was like, come on the show, like try out for the show. And she was like, no. And then like her job didn't work out. So she was like, all right, I'm going to try the show. So Matt like put her in touch with producers to try to get her on the show. And she ended up not making it on the show. But to me, that's egregious. Like that's a le- that, that lets me know that this woman is not just like this. I mean, yeah, she's casual, but she's not just like this random hookup. Like this is a reliable hookup. <laughs> As you trying to get on the show with you. And I don't know. I just thought that was just so strange, but interesting. Also telling about Matt and his character. So overall, the lesson of this story is men ain't shit. <laughs> don't matter where they come from. Don't matter what they look like. They ain't shit because they ain't shit. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> right? And then... Lex and I both made similar posts. So she made a post yeah. on Instagram, on Twitter. I made a post on Instagram. And <laughs> it was pretty much like, it's a, it's a very Caribbean thing, right? So like when you say the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, that's the American saying, right? But in the Caribbean, if you have a paternal figure who is a, uh, a village ram, so to speak, <laughs> and um, you have a male a cishet male who is also of similar things you could say things like you're just like your father and mm-hmm. it would be relevant and so lex and i both made similar posts alluding to the fact that the apple did not fall too far from the tree despite how traumatized this made Machu, right. and people did not find our post <laughs> people did not find it funny hilarious like at all did. And I was cracking up. I was cracking up. People did not like that joke. I don't know. To me, it's because because people are like, Matt wasn't married to Rachel. His father cheated on his mother. He, she was his wife. Were I'm they like, married? I don't even know that. Were they married? I, I didn't even I check that. No. My thing is cheating. It don't matter. It don't matter if you're really together. I don't know. I just see think a womanizer is a womanizer is a womanizer, right? And I applaud Matt for juggling because. Men from certain countries, as we know, are experts, right? Like there are men in the Caribbean who can have a family on one side of the island and a whole different family on the other side of the island. Hello. And nobody knows anything, Hello. right? Separated. You have them separated across islands. We have them in the same community. What are you talking yes. about? <laughs> 
Yes, right? So I don't know. For me, it was not that surprising when it came out that Matt was doing this shit with Rachel and Grace. My first thing was he's probably doing it with a couple of other women too. Like where are their stories? <laughs> Honestly, like, and, and it's like not surprising. Like his dad pretty much was like, what do you mean be faithful? What is that? So- well, listen, first of all, his father, when Matt's like, yeah, but you were cheating on my mom. And Matt's dad was like, and? Okay, and? She walked out on me and I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, at least he didn't walk out on her. <laughs> she walked out on him. <laughs> so, I don't know. I find a joke funny. If y'all don't find it funny, that's your thing. We find it hilarious. Especially growing up with the men we know. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> with it's the hilarious. men we know and it's the shit hilarious. they do. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the major Matt news there. And if we're going to keep in Matt news, um, you guys may remember that Matt was initially cast to be on Claire Crawley's season. And then the Panini hit. And he was, quote unquote, kicked off of Claire's season to be The Bachelor. However, there was a brief moment in time in between where Matt was doing cameos for money and claire had feelings about that because it was just kind of like you're using your soon-to-be bachelorette fame to make money on this stuff and not actually focused on you know finding love and because to be honest matt james was nobody in bachelor nation like yeah he was tyler c's best friend but he was nobody as it relates to the franchise so It's like, it was very suspicious that he was doing it. It was very poor taste, I have mm -hmm. to say. I mean, there people are like, oh, he was doing it for charity. And I was like, yeah, but also... It was was still very poor taste because, like, you're trying to convince this woman. You're going on her show for love and you're here accepting money for video appearances it's so what do you do i mean at this point we obviously know nobody's actually going on this show for love but you could at least pretend damn like you could at least wait till the show wraps but he was not about to do that he was taking money even if it was for charity so it was kind of sketch and then somebody tweeted claire and said i'll probably throw a link to the tweet but they were like claire tried to warn us about matt y'all and she just like threw an emoji like shrug shoulders like I tried to tell you Mm -hmm. and people tried to paint her as like racist for that and I want to say a lot of people who I feel like are throwing around the things being racist aren't black (laughs) yeah so it's like Mm. how do you know that's racist like Not that I would, not that I'm defending her or anything. But I think Claire's just being messy because she loves being messy. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't feel like it was an actively racist attack. I don't feel like it's anything like that. I just think that she feels justified in how everything turned out, right? Because she called Matt out. People were trying to come for her for calling Matt out. And then he ended up doing some fuck shit anyway. Right. Let's not forget, people were trying to paint her as a villain for not wanting Matt on her season. So you can't paint her as a villain for not wanting that. And you can't paint her as a villain for dodging the bullet. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> What's it gonna be, folks? But in any case, I do think I do feel like Clara was justified in not wanting Matt to come on her season. And then the other news is Clara and Dale are still strong. Like they never officially came out and said they're still together, but they're obviously still together. Like there's no subtlety with these people. <laughs> so love yep. to see it <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm happy for her if she's happy I am happy I'm not trying to like fight her and her joy and her love or whatever she gets to enjoy her life she gets to enjoy her things yes and despite yes. the snafu with Dale possibly maybe cheating with someone else I mean if she's agreed to forgive him then that's fine that's her business I, I I will never tell someone not to go back to someone if she they believe they was cheating or it wasn't working out or whatever it's your life ultimately you get to make those choices but yeah shout out to Claire even though I think that Dale is in it for the fame no yeah exactly but they look happy so Good luck to both of you. The next piece of Bachelor news, and we will wrap up really quickly after this, uh, is that Katie's season of The Bachelorette teaser came out. Kid you not, y'all, this girl is wearing a wife beater and a skirt the wrong way, holding a rose, a purple skirt, by the way. So not a hint of red. She's in a purple skirt and a white tank. And she's just holding on. And it just looks very, looks very like last minute. Let's grab this thing. <laughs> let's grab this teaser last minute. And I'm just like, I don't know. Y'all not convincing me. Y'all not convincing me that people are going to like want to be on this show. <laughs> right? I don't get it. I don't see it. I think that Katie could be an engaging lead. Just like how Becca K could, was an engaging lead. I just believe that. They used all their budget at Nima Colon. <laughs> that's that's probably it. I'm gonna need y'all to stop giving these shoestring <laughs> ass budgets for the Bachelorette, please. <laughs> like <laughs> this was like so low budget. Like, go watch it. Go on the Bachelorette page and watch it, and let us know what you think because it looks so low budget and so last minute. White background, yeah. white shirt, mm. purple skirt, quickly turned around. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem for me with that. And then the so that's starting June sixth, seventh, one of those seventh, days. June seventh, yes. whatever those days is the Monday. Uh, I still haven't said if we're watching or not yet. And by I mean we're gonna watch what we talk about on the podcast. I don't know. Yes. The lead is white. The lead is white. So like, if we're only covering people of color, like how do we talk about them with a white person? I think for me, it will come down to like who's on the show. If there's a yeah. good amount of people of color. Mm -hmm. we should talk about it if not it's like what's the point we know oh, they're gonna be true. home before hometown anyway <laughs> and you guys know how i feel about my favorite man on the show i have feelings about him and how i i want to be with him was he officially casted <laughs> i don't know but like no idea i get we'll watch the show to find if he was officially casted or not if he was sent home night one then that means he's fair game for me and then you slide in an mdms Listen, I'm gonna reach out. I'm a, I'm a hardcore. I'm gonna do it. Like I won't even do it from the podcast page. I'm gonna do it from my page. Yes, I'm gonna be a personal account. I, said, I will message him from the podcast page and be like, "Hey, so I'm gonna be reaching out to you from this account. Like, accept me. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for me, babe. <sighs> I'm sick of myself. I can't help it." <laughs> 
So that's so yeah, Katie's season will premiere June 7th. If y'all are watching, cool. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, and then Bachelor um, in Paradise is what, August 19th? Something yeah, like so that. Yeah, ba- so Bachelor in Paradise is coming up right after her season. So um, yeah. we do have something to look forward to. <laughs> we, do, we do. I'm sure there's gonna be like a little break in between. So let's see, June 7th. Usually it's about like what? Seven weeks. Eight weeks. Oh no, it's ten weeks. Ten weeks. Okay, so Mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I think that yeah, we might just be starting like right away, pretty much right afterwards. That maybe there might be another one week break and then into Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. mm. And then probably like another slim one week break and then to back to Michelle's season. So yes, it's gonna be busy later half of the year, guys. Summer, take your break now. Yeah, take your break now. Now, see, because once we finish Bridgerton, I think we're gonna go on a brief hiatus while I move out of my apartment. (laughs) Yes, and then we'll be back. So yeah, we will be taking a break. I don't know about you, but the drama has been a lot, and I have been disconnected from Bachelor Nation. If y'all have noticed, there hasn't been as many tweets. It's just there's a lot going on in the world right now. I can't keep on top of regular racism. And Bachelor Nation racism and drama. So it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> so a lot I happening. will be taking a break. Yes. Yeah. So we will be taking much needed mental health break. Absolutely. We'll be doing the thing. But thank you guys for rocking with us. And thank you for listening to our recaps and Bachelor Nation news. You guys can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Blachelorettes. We would appreciate it if you would also write us a review on Apple Podcasts to tell us how much you love us because that's important to me. Let us know because we literally have no idea if you don't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we'll keep doing it regardless. <laughs> but we have no idea if you actually like it. Yeah, so write us a review. You can also DM us that review. That's totally fine as well. Like just hit us up in the chat or wherever. If we're tweeting something, if we're posting on IG, just like hit us up. I'm behind on going through like IG messages, just so you guys know. I'm sorry. So eventually yeah. I will get to all of them. But I we have some unsavory people in our DM sometimes. So I tend to like just see those messages and then check out for a while. I was gonna say, like, we'll get back to the ones who want racist. <laughs> yeah. we'll those people. To you guys who are actual fans, we will get back to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's really all from me. Lex, do you have any final thoughts you want to add? Nope, that's us. That's it for me. Look forward to next week's episode when we wrap up the show. Hopefully, we'll make it less than an hour and a half. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Until then, I'm Jen, she's Lex, and we're the Blachelorettes. Have a good night, y'all. Bye, y'all.